Welcome back, everybody. Here we are, episode number two of the drive to Dayton, year two uh, upon us. Just want to let you know where you can view us out there. We have Twitter account, Instagram account. Um, obviously, you can catch us on YouTube, Apple, Spotify, any basic uh, platform that you listen to your podcast on. Uh, of course, uh, we would love for you to subscribe, like, all those good things um, to, to what we're doing here. Uh, we're not obviously not making millions of dollars doing this, but um, definitely would appreciate any subscribers, um, likes, comments, shares, whatever. Uh, just get the word out there that we're providing you the best full coverage of the state of Ohio. Gentlemen, first full weekend of Ohio high school hoops, uh, sprinkled in with some out-of-state uh, flavor. How are we feeling uh, physically after one weekend of hoops? Absolutely exhausted. Um, <laughs> yeah, just a, a long weekend of, of driving and, you know, just kind of staying in the gym pretty late. I believe I saw 11 games on the weekend, uh, three in Friday uh, down in Cincinnati, about six games in Columbus on Saturday, and then about two and a half games uh, last night over at Cleveland Heights. Yeah, well, I did 14 games. Path. Yeah, I went to 14 games. Uh, me and TJ were together. Um, for the three in Mason on Friday and also the six in Columbus on Saturday. And then I headed to the west side of Cleveland to Baldwin Wallace University for five games on Sunday for the Cleveland Basketball Classic. So handful of events that we all uh, went to. So I think uh, no better time than the present to start breaking down what we saw this weekend. Yeah, let's... Uh... I'll get you guys' thoughts here. Let's start with the uh, Ohio Valley Classic um, down at Mason High School. Just I'll throw out some highlights to the people, and then we'll we'll get you guys' takes. Obviously, uh, the big news coming out of there, um, Richmond Heights winning streak comes to an end against Newport, Kentucky. I'll let you guys talk more about that, but let's just be up front. This was not some stiff <laughs> that they lost to down there in this event. Um, Mason uh, got off to a good start down there. Kettering Alder picks up a real nice win to start. That's a good resume win over Hilliard Bradley. Uh, Preble Shawnee beats King, Sycamore, Woodward, uh, and then Delaware Hayes got a win over Cooper. Um, I believe that was yesterday. Uh, yeah, and, went to overtime, I believe. Yeah, so Delaware Hayes. Uh, Gets a win over a crosstown rival there, Buckeye Valley, uh, and then beats Cooper to get a 2-0 start to the season. Gentlemen, Roth, I'll start with you. Um, major takeaways from Mason on uh, Friday. Yeah, really the, the first takeaway was um, how legit Newport looks. Um, obviously, we're an Ohio podcast, Newport right across the river, but – they have a couple kids that Ohio high school fans are familiar with. Deshaun Jackson was at Taft. Jabari Covington was at CCPA. 
And then James Turner is a Lakota kid, but their star, Tay Kinney, he was absolutely sensational against Richmond Heights. Just great a change of pace, a really tough pull-up shooter as well, a place with great poise. So he was big time. And then in the nightcap on Friday, Mason came out very focused. They moved the ball. They hit shots. Ben Menker was fantastic on both ends of the floor. And Mason seems like a deep team this year. It seems like they have a couple guys off the bench who can play as well. So I was impressed with the Comets, who are going to face a lot of tough competition in the GMC this season. Could be the best conference top to bottom in Ohio. Mason looks like they'll at least be competing near the top of it. Yeah, and uh, the first game uh, down in Cincinnati with uh, Withrow and Crispus Attucks out of Indianapolis, uh, that was a game that it, it looked like both teams' first game of the season. Uh, so very kind of sloppy, slow start on both sides, a uh, lot of length and athleticism on both sides. Uh, I thought Withrow, um, I mean, they physically they looked the part. Uh, a lot of long, uh, talented players. Uh, I was really kind of impressed with uh, Chris sophomore Chris Hamery, who's an Ohio State football commit, um, would very easily be a Division One basketball commit if he wasn't, uh, you know, going the gridiron route. Uh, his younger brother, uh, Demarcus Henry, is only a freshman, uh, but I think I, I don't think it's far fetched to say that he's going to be one of the one of the best players in Ohio in a few years. Uh, he just, I mean, he, he's a baby. You could tell that kid was still kind of growing into his body, but he's six four. He's long. Uh, he shot a really really good ball for catch and just showed a lot of promise in that game. Uh, Christmas Addicts pulled away late. Uh, that Newport game and Richmond Heights, I mean, those are two teams that I saw probably about five or six times during the summer. Uh, I think anybody who saw that Newport team, especially in June, uh, they were no slouches. Uh, a bunch of tough kids, like, uh, like Roth mentioned, a bunch of Ohio ties. Uh, it was a, it was a phenomenal game. It kind of lived up to my expectations of it. And, you know, quite frankly, you know, Richmond Heights, you know, I still think they're on paper the most mm -hmm. talented team in Ohio. But, you know, there are some, some wrinkles and some adjustments that need to be made. Uh, junior point guard, Derek Barber, kind of, I believe he suffered like an ankle or a foot sprain. Uh, so you could kind of tell he wasn't at 100%. Uh, and to me, he's, a, he's the main catalyst of that team. Uh, I think if Barber's not getting paint touches, creating shots for winners, Jones, you know, dropping it off the guys like Jeremy Wilson and TJ Crumble, uh, you know, that team looks a lot different. Uh, I thought that they... You know, they struggled at times with, you know, just the, the pace and the flow. Guys, you know, trying to get acclimated to, you know, the addition of TJ Crumble. Uh, so, yeah, it'll be, it'll be interesting. Uh, and unfortunately for Richmond Heights, man, they don't get a whole lot of time to, to figure things out. Uh, their, their schedule over the next few weeks is absolutely brutal. Uh, I believe they go to this Saturday. They're playing out in a, a Jeremy Treatment event in Philly against Emotep who is traditionally one of the more talented teams out in that area. Um, Ra, let me see who they, they play down in, is on the 16th. They play against St. Ignatius at another play-by-play -play event. Uh, they turn around literally the next day and play Pick Central down in Columbus. And then I believe just a few days after that, they, um, they take their talents down to Florida 
for the City of Palms Classic, which is historically the probably been the number one high school event in the country. Uh, and their opening game down there is IMG. Mm. So, yeah, Richmond Heights, you know, obviously, you know, they still very, very early, but their schedule, man, it is an absolute gauntlet. So, yeah, it's a good, <clears throat> good segue because, um, well, actually, there was a couple things I wanted to ask you. I mean, Tay Kenny, you guys mentioned him from uh, Newport. He's he's a kid that's been kind of on the national scene for. I mean, if you follow, you know, like middle school, junior high, you know, he he's been he's been a name that's been um, talked about a lot coming up through. Uh, it was just you know kind of going to be where where was he going to end up. Um, so no surprise there. Um, again, I think with Richmond Heights, you know, the, I've been to the city of Palms before. Um, it's a fabulous event. Um, yeah, Richmond, I don't know, you know, they might be a little over their skis, um, in that event, but it, nonetheless, uh, it will be a good, um, a good learning experience, uh, for them, I believe. Uh, you know, you open up with IMG. Uh, that's that's a different level uh, of, of power five player uh, that that they're getting, but uh, that's that's a that's a monster uh, schedule to start the season. And, and speaking of uh, transitioning to the All Ohio Showcase, Richmond Heights played a game um, against another team that has a monster schedule, which is Reynoldsburg, who was playing on their home court in this event, and it was the showcase game of of the night of that event. But when you talk about Richmond Heights, it's a little different when you have that national ranking next to your name and a target immediately becomes comes on your back, um, where you're going to have to, even teams that may be just a slight bit below you, you're going to get everybody's best effort every single night because you got that number besides your name. And then you're trying to mix in a, a power five guy, uh, a high major guy and crumble with a team that had unbelievable chemistry. Like you take, say what you want about them being in D four, but their chemistry was off the chart last year, off the chart. Steel Wilson, I mean, unbelievable chemistry. And then now you're trying to mix another guy in there that is a, is a high, high-level player. That's going to take some time. Yeah, and I think the one thing uh, about Richmond Heights that made them uh, as special as they were last year was, you know, they had five guys that could all either put it on the deck or, or shoot the rock. So they're spreading you out, all five guys on the perimeter, dribble drive, kick it. I mean, it was a lot to deal with. Uh, so when you you throw Crumble in the mix, not that you know, not saying that he he's not going to be able to get acclimated or get adjusted, but he's a guy who prefers to go you know block to block, you know mm -hmm. short corner in that dunkers area, you know kind of crash the you know the offensive glass. So just from a, a pure spacing standpoint, I think it it's a much much different look uh, than what they had last year. So it's it's just going to take some time, um, and I, I think they will be fine in the long run. TJ, what was your – so just to highlight, that game closed the night. Obviously, Reynoldsburg comes away with the win. Um, you had Gehanna uh, getting a, a victory in that event. Uh, Newark beat Taft. Um, and you had uh, St. V and Pick Central in, in a Buchtel 
pick north. Um, TJ, general thoughts, uh, anything that stood out from Saturday? Uh, like I said kind of earlier about the Ohio Valley Hoops Classic, man, you can tell it's the, the first weekend of the season. Um, but I, I think you kind of expect that going in. If you if you think there's going to be great basketball being played on December 1st. Uh, <laughs> uh, so that this weekend was kind of the epitome of that. Uh, there were some highlights and some standouts. Uh, we brought, we mentioned Tay Kenny a few times, but man, I, I don't think we can really give it justice to the performance that he had uh, Friday night. Uh, he was far and away the best player on the floor in that game. Uh, like Ralph mentioned, his change of pace uh, is elite for a young guy. And he's like 6'3", he's got these long arms, and he's got that ball on a string. So he's kind of, he's got some wiggle, man. He's real slippery, and he, he does a lot of things well. And uh, from when I first saw him back in the spring, I thought he was a capable jump shooter. Uh, wasn't really completely sold on it. But I will say the strides that he's taken uh, with shooting the basketball, man, the, just the confidence and, and the swagger that kid has uh, is very hard to teach. Uh, I thought Jabari Covington, who uh, a, a kid that, you know, a lot of Cincinnati people should be familiar with, having played two years at CCPA, uh, he was he was great too. Uh, very <laughs> – uh, we were sitting next to Corey. Corey mentioned, you know, his kid's kind of playing 2K, right? You know, he's – He's doing all the, you know, really flashy, but I mean, he had to, he was going, I mean, he found the rhythm early on and, you know, was able to make a lot of really, really tough shots. And, and like you mentioned, when you're, you know, a top 10 or top 25 team in the country, like some uh, national outlets have Richmond Heights, you're going to get everybody's best. People are going to be up for that game. The crowd's going to be into it. Uh, and I guess, uh, you know, going to Saturday, uh, I think that game with Reynoldsburg and Richmond Heights said more about Reynoldsburg than it did about Richmond Heights, in my opinion. Uh, Reynoldsburg has been a team for the last two years that we've all said, man, they're a year away. You know, when, you know, Noah Smith and those guys were sophomores, we knew about all the young guys, you know, that they had coming up. Last year, it was like, man, they got all the pieces. You know, they're kind of lacking a point guard. Uh, you know, they just haven't really figured out how to win yet. Uh, I think they addressed all those question marks for me on Saturday. Uh, the addition of Damon Griffin from Columbus South. Uh, I know he's a, a football first guy, but man, he, I think he was the best possible thing that could have happened to them. Uh, just a, a tough nose guard that can get in the paint, make things happen for other players. He can create his own offense. And he's got a, a sense of toughness and edge to him that I think was much, much needed on that team. Uh, sophomore Jordan Bowens, I thought was great. He finished with 11 points, uh, did a lot of the dirty work. I mean, he's a guy, it's like it's hard to find young kids, especially talented young prospects that, that value possessions and, and play hard throughout the course of the game. And I think Jordan Bones is one of those few exceptions. He was great. Um, Jordan Fisher, uh, I mean, hit, obviously hit the go ahead bucket with a few seconds left. And a guy who's just a, a natural, talented scorer like him, he's made for those kind of moments. And he's a guy that they can rely on to, hey, he might not always make it, but that kid's going to be able to get a shot that he wants and get a shot that he likes pretty much at any point throughout the course of the game. Yeah, a couple guys who I thought stood out on Saturday. First one is Braylon Morris at Newark. Obviously, Steel Meister is the guy everybody knows about, and he's a great player. But Morris looked like he took a big-time step 
this offseason, looks more athletic, still confident in shooting the basketball, knows how to play in the Newark system. Uh, they ran a backdoor cut for him a few times. He got a layup, got fouled, and he almost put a defender on a poster with a slam dunk attempt. So Morris is a kid who I think could break out this year in Central Ohio. And then another player who hit big shot after big shot is Ronald Taylor for Lutheran East. Seems like every time he caught the ball in the corner, it was going in for three points. And he's long, uh, able to make a big impact defensively with his length, uh, got his hands on a couple passes, and also stripped a couple ball handlers. He's a kid who has been a complimentary piece, and now as a senior, he's one of the most important guys on the Lutheran East roster, and he came up huge on Saturday in their victory over Walnut Ridge, making some big shots late. I think we mentioned it uh, on the last podcast when we talked about Lutheran East and you know the state championship weekend a year ago and how a lot of those role guys, Anthony Bruce, Chauncey Brashers, Ronald Taylor, played probably their best basketball of the year when it counted the most. And I think that was huge for those guys' confidence. Uh, Anthony Bruce was was great all weekend, uh, both last night against Bill Angela St. Joe's and Saturday um, in that game with Warner Ridge. Ronald Taylor, you know, is taking a, a huge step uh, in his development and his confidence. So I think obviously losing TJ Crumble, you know, it's a, it's a big blow. Uh, but I, I think they have more than enough pieces. Uh, and definitely a special shout out to a, a kid, uh, Chris Hill, who's a freshman guard from Lutheran East. Uh, it's a it's a tough place to be in as a freshman. You know, you're inserted right into the starting lineup of one of the better teams in Ohio. But man, that that kid plays like he doesn't know where his next meal is coming from. Uh, I mean, he sensational defensively. I thought he had a little bit of nerves early on on Saturday, but throughout the course of that game, man, last night he kind of was able to brush it off, and he was great. Uh, I think he's a kid who just impacts winning in a, a variety of ways. And he's just your typical Sam Liggins kind of guard. I mean, that was just hand meets glove uh, in terms of fit. So I think Lutheran East is, is right there. And I may already be, be double backing on my, my pick from a week ago. So um, don't tell Jones that. I wanted to ask you guys, I, I figured this game, whatever the over-under was, take the under. Um, Pickering to North and Bookdale. What are you guys' thoughts? Um, I mean – Pickering to North, when you play Pickering to North, I mean, it, like, it's going to be, um, I think people have a, the wrong perspective of how they play. Um, a lot of their games are going to be under 50, uh, especially when they're playing a good opponent. Um, I want to get your guys' thoughts on the reigning D2 state champs, Bookdale. Well, uh, with Akron Bookdale, it is a much uh, different roster than what we saw last year. Uh, two kids who were with them throughout the summer, uh, Zevin Gadsden, who's been a bit of a high school journeyman. He's played at a few different prep schools, played at Bookdale, <laughs> left, went out of state, came back, finished his junior year with Akron Firestone, played with Bookdale all summer long, uh, was not on Bookdale's roster this weekend. Uh, they had a seven-foot transfer uh, from the North Carolina area. Uh, Jabibi, uh, it's like Jabibi Efrahim. Efrahim. Uh, he was a major project, but obviously a seven-foot with an elite frame, uh, a guy that can obviously really impact and take up a lot of space at the high school level. 
so, yeah, that game was uh, – I don't think that was really a, a true testament to what either one of those teams will look like in a few weeks. Uh, I mean, it was the, the fourth quarter, and it, it almost looked like a football score. Uh, I think both teams were still just trying to figure it out and try and get an identity, especially offensively, uh, of who's going to score and when they're going to score. Uh, I thought both teams kind of struggled with spacing and just trying to, you know, to figure out. Um, yeah, it was was not a, a pretty game, uh, but Pig North was able to, to squeak out with a, a pretty good win on paper uh, early on in the season. All right, let's uh, let's shift to the Great Lakes Classic. Um, I know TJ, you were uh, tweeting about this game yesterday. Cleveland Glenville uh, against Cornerstone Christian. Uh, you had Brush and Lutheran West, and then Lutheran East, uh, I believe, played Cleveland VASJ. I wanted to before we talked about Glenville uh, Cornerstone. I was. Uh, I saw a preview on Cornerstone Christian, and you never know what Babe's going to say. Uh, <laughs> and under the defensive section, it just said, I hope we play some. Um, and then he was trying to paint a picture of what his team would be this year, and he was talking about he was talking about picturing um, Hoosiers. Uh, you had Jimmy Chitwood and then, you know, the rest of the crew. Is that an accurate picture of what this Cornerstone Christian team is this year? Uh, yeah, I, I, I think that's actually a pretty, um, <laughs> pretty spot on. Uh, babe, babe is nuts. Um, but that, that was actually a really fun and entertaining game. Uh, unfortunately, uh, Quinn Turtle Kwasniak fouled out with like about three and a half minutes or so left in the game. There were some questionable foul calls, including a technical um, that just kind of didn't go his way. And I think that was just kind of completely changed the course of the game. Uh, senior Owen Pugh, who's a point guard for Cornerstone, you know, tried his best to kind of rally the troops. He made a few big plays down the stretch, but quite frankly, it just, you know, wasn't enough. Uh, Glenville senior Demetrius Rivers uh, was actually pretty impressive. I believe he finished with around 19 points. Uh, they had a few other guys who just made a lot of timely shots. Um, but I think the one takeaway from that game was I think a lot of people in the Cleveland area uh, weren't quite familiar uh, with Turtle Kwasniak's game. Um, but, I mean, he had, dude, he had, he had 28 points at, at halftime. He had five threes in the opening quarter. And he, he was a guy he just put on the show. You know, the kid's got a lot of just kind of swagger to him. And he can flat out shoot the basketball. Uh, say what you want about Babe Kwasniak, but I mean, he's, he's one of the best coaches we have here in Ohio. And I think just, you know, a lot of the sets and plays he was able to run to kind of free, uh, you know, turtle up for some really good looks. And, uh, it's a that team's going to be fun to watch, uh, regardless of the talent. I think they had a much better supporting cast last year. Uh, I think it's a very different look for them, but still uh, a competitive game against a Glenville team that's going to compete with a lot of teams in the area. Uh, right after that was the Brush Luther and West game. Uh, that was a, one of the games uh, that I chose last week for you know just to kind of for fans to keep an eye on, uh, and it was pretty even I would say for about a half, and then the third quarter, uh, Luther and West kind of you know turned the corner. Um, the transfer Tino from Hudson was great, hit a lot of really big shots. Uh, they have a sophomore who I saw a little bit last year on junior varsity. 
uh, a kid named Kendall Compton. He was about 6'3 a year ago. He stands at like a legit 6'5 right now. Um, but he just kind of gives them another long, lanky, skilled body. Uh, made a lot of shots. Uh, obviously, you have the Meyer twins. Uh, I thought Josh Meyer really kind of improved. Uh, he was a kid last year who was capable of playing inside out. Uh, but I think he's taken a big step in terms of his shot making. Made a lot of big threes down the stretch. Uh, and I think Lutheran West is, they're, they're still my pick in Division Two. I know it's early. Uh, and I think they kind of showed that. Uh, against a, a pretty talented brush squad. Uh, senior Arnell Evans, who was a kid I saw a little bit in the fall. Um, I know he transferred in from Cleveland Central Catholic, whether it was this year or last year, I'm, I don't quite remember. But, I mean, just a really athletic, gritty wing. Uh, he finished, I believe, with 18 points, including a really big lob to start the game. Uh, it, it was a lot of fun. And, and then the nightcap was Bill Angela St. Joe's and Luther East. Uh, Joe's has a lot of intriguing underclassmen. Um, they have a, a junior name, uh, Sean Shanker, I believe is his name. You want to talk about some of the top shooters in Ohio? Uh, I think that kid's name's got to be on the list. Uh, super savvy, smart, uh, is a really polished floor game. Doesn't need much space or time to get off the shot at all. Uh, so that was fun. I think Bill Angelo St. Joe's came out with a lot of energy, but ultimately I just think the talent you know, it was just too much for Lutheranese. Uh, they pulled away. They were up about 14 points or so at halftime. Ended up winning that game pretty big. Uh, senior Jesse McCullough, who I know we're going to talk about later in the show, uh, he's he's been great so far to open the season. Yeah, just a couple of closing notes on that. Um, Cleveland Glenville <clears throat> still obviously not at, at full strength uh, once they get some of their football guys back. Uh, Congratulations, Coach Ginn, back-to-back uh, -back state championships in, in football. Uh, that is not an easy job. Um, but his... And they have a, a sophomore guard named uh, Theo Castro, yep. uh, who made a splash last year as a freshman. Uh, unfortunately, he suffered, I believe, a minor knee injury in the preseason. Uh, he's going to miss some time for them, but I've heard from a few different people now that he will be back uh, at some point this winter. So I think with the addition of him, you get some of those football bodies back. Uh, I think Glenville is a player in Division Two. Yeah, and then uh, Cornerstone Christian. Uh, let's not forget, you know, they they lose one of their top guards um, left to go to Cleveland Heights, I believe. Yeah, Carter Armstrong. Yeah, so you know that that changes the dynamics a little bit for Cornerstone, um, but. Babe will have a plan. Um, they'll win a bunch of games this year. Uh, he, he's really good, um, especially in-game coach. Uh, and they're going to be they're going to be extremely prepared. Uh, there's no doubt about it. But uh, let's let's uh, talk to Roth here. Cleveland basketball classic. What uh, what happened up there? Yeah. So the first game at the Cleveland basketball classic was Hawking against Medina Buckeye. Hawken has a 2026 duo, Deron Hill, and also Gregory Price. Uh, these two guys are very talented sophomores. They both played on varsity as freshmen, and they looked very impressive. Medina Buckeye had a couple 2026 kids who started and stood out as well. So they're a team that's probably a year or two away, but they could eventually make some noise. And then St. Edward, they dominated NDCL 
St. Ed's senior class is very, very deep. It seems like every single year they have some kids who eventually make their way onto varsity. Uh, guys like Wendell Henry, Brian Sullivan, and Max McClellan are some seniors that most fans will know. But you also have the Kulaz twins, Ricky Bussey II, and also Joey Scarpetti, who all were impressive against NDCL. So that's seven seniors for St. Ed's uh, who are all college-level players. Then uh, another important game in that event was Berea Midpark versus Gilmore. Berea Midpark got an overtime victory. They've got a couple seniors committed Division One for football, but also have a very strong 2027 class. They had four players on varsity including Tyson Clay, who had 18 points and hit two three-pointers in the fourth quarter and another three-pointer in overtime to take the lead as a freshman. So he was a kid who caught my eye. And then finally, to wrap up the night, Brunswick dominated um, Olmstead Falls. And Brunswick is a team that can score the ball as well as anybody in Northeast Ohio. They've got a pair of Division II commits in Quinn Barnett and Tommy Morgan and also have one of the top underclassmen guards in Ohio in Trey Drexler. So they're a team that fans are going to need to keep an eye on in Northeast Ohio. Yeah, it just feels like Flan does such a good job of developing these kids um, over the years. And you guys, correct me if I'm wrong here, but like St. Edward is not a place that brings guys in. Like, like, yeah, they get kids, you know, to come freshman year, but it's pretty much the same guys from freshman to senior year. And a lot of these guys don't play a lot early. And they just continue to get better and better and better and better. By the time these guys are seniors, they're major contributors on really good basketball teams. Yeah, I mean, after that that 2020 class, uh, you know, led by you know Grant Huffman uh, and Tay Tay Blanton, uh, there haven't been a ton of of underclassmen guys who have really played uh, a lot of significant minutes for St. Ed's, uh, and he's he's not getting that same you know I guess high end talent. Um, that we've been accustomed to seeing, but man, that the culture that they have over there at St. Ed's, I think speaks for itself. Uh, I remember a few years ago, I wanted to see St. Ed's during the summer, um, but during the summer, they don't do it many team camps or shootouts or any of these events. Uh, so what I did was I drove up to Lakewood. I went and watched a, a practice and, and it was honestly really refreshing, you know, just to kind of see the, the players lead the workout. And just how hard guys were getting after it in the month of June. So I just think it's little things like that that he's been able to do, uh, you know, throughout his time there. It seems like he's been there for forever. Um, but I think that just goes to show you, man, like regardless of, of what they look like on paper, uh, I think it's going to be the St. Ed's is going to be a top 10 team in Northeast Ohio until they don't want to be anymore. Yeah, absolutely. Um, big win. Um, in that event to get the season started. Brunswick, definitely a team that people are going to want to see uh, from a entertainment stand. I mean, I think they're going to be a real fun basketball team 
for people to watch. Um, let's move. Uh, let's move into our players uh, and teams of the week. Uh, this will be our first of the year. Whoa! And TJ, let's start with you. Give me your team and player of the week. Uh, so uh, for for my team of the week, uh, I know I just kind of talked about them a little bit earlier in the show, but <laughs> I went with Reynoldsburg. Uh, I think for them to to get that win uh, against Richmond Heights, you know, early on in the season, I think that's going to be huge for them moving forward. I think it gives a lot of those guys, uh, you know, confidence. Like I mentioned, uh, the addition of Damon Griffin was huge. Uh, Jordan Bowens, who played you know a lot last year as a freshman, I think he's taken a big step. Uh, Toby, uh, I'm going to probably butcher Toby's last name, uh, Nawakalo, he was probably my most improved kid over the summer. Uh, he didn't play particularly great on Saturday, and I think that the fact that he didn't play well and they still were able to win pretty big, uh, I think that says a lot about just the, the amount of talent that is on that roster. Uh, and like I said, this was a team that a year ago I thought, I thought had as much talent as anybody in Central Ohio. But I didn't think they quite, you know, figured out how to play with each other or how to win games down the stretch. Uh, I think they answered those questions on Saturday. My team of the week, I will go with Gehanna. We already mentioned them a little bit earlier on Friday night. They get an overtime victory at Westerville South. And then probably about 14, 15 hours later, quick turnaround. They play Columbus South in the opening events of the All-Ohio Showcase, and they got a three-point victory. So two tough victories for Gehanna squad that's getting great production from senior point guard K.J. Reynolds. My team of the week was the Rushi Raiders playing two games and two nights. They get a rivalry win over Jackson Center who's under uh, a new head coach this year, uh, but you're going to get the same uh, the same tough Jackson Center kid. Rushi's able to get an eight-point win, and then they blow out St. Henry the following night, 73-45. So state semifinalists from a year ago, Rushi's Raiders, um, could be back for more in 2023-2024. My, my player of the week uh, goes to Braylon Wells over at Pick Central. Uh, he's a kid who's had a, a bit of an up-and-down kind of high school career, right? Started out as a freshman at Pick Central, made the move to Akron, booked as a sophomore, came back to Pick Central last year as a junior, but had to sit out the second half of the season due to the OHSA's transfer policy. Uh, but I thought a year ago he showed some big-time flashes, uh, particularly in that game against Centerville uh, down in Nationwide Arena for the play-by-play classic. When that kid is engaged and, and playing within his within himself and, and understands what he is and what he does well, uh, I think he's one of the more physically imposing se- uh, seniors that we have here in Ohio. Uh, he is a major, major athlete. Uh, I know he's got some scholarship interests on the football field. I believe he just picked up a Division II offer from Thomas Moore. Uh, he's a kid who, if he continues to play like he did on Saturday, uh, I think he's going to give himself a really good chance to kind of pick which way he wants to go in terms of basketball or football. But obviously, you know, losing, you know, Devin Royal uh, from a year ago, I think he gave he gives them a much needed uh, inside presence in terms of his 
you know, shot blocking on the defensive end and his ability to just catch and finish and be a big-time lob threat on the other side of the ball. Look at TJ showing some love to Pickerington Central. It's not always Stubbs repping the purple and white. Gotta switch it up. <laughs> yeah, I I don't think many listeners had that on the bingo card. But I'm going to go with Jalen Murphy. This was the one game I intentionally skipped in the Cleveland Basketball Classic recap because I knew I was going to talk about it here. Toledo St. John's had a great season last year, made it to the Final Four, graduated a strong senior class, and that allows a kid like Murphy to come in and go from a complimentary piece to one of their most important players. He scored 27 points, hit a handful of three-pointers in their victory over Rhodes, and looks like he's going to be one of the more productive seniors in Northwest Ohio. So Jalen Murphy is my player of the week. For me, I don't think there was anybody that numbers-wise was up there with Jesse McCullough this past weekend. 21 points, 10 rebounds, and a big win over Walnut Ridge. And then, if this is accurate, this is incredible. 30 points, 20 rebounds, 8 blocks, 5 assists against Cleveland St. Joe. Uh, big fellow was... Big fellow was putting in some work this weekend. Um, production uh, was definitely there, and man, if he if he is going to be that much of a a problem, along with guys that that know what they're capable of doing on the perimeter and in the backcourt for Lutheran East, boy, throw in the freshman. Oh boy, uh, I mean this this team has a chance to. <laughs> I mean, this is kind of even crazy to say, but this team might have a chance to be even more difficult to beat, uh, to beat this year uh, when it comes time to that D3 tournament. Yeah, and they they just have a lot of guys that, that know what they are and, and know who yes. they are. Yes, I thought they I thought they played very unselfishly over the weekend. They played hard, they competed, and they know to feed the big fellow. And that that's, that's exactly what they did, and I thought Jesse made it really easy for him. Uh, you know, whether he was crashing the glass, running the floor, uh, he's really good out of that, like, you know, kind of short roll where he can catch. He makes really quick decisions. It's kind of like hot potato, man. As soon as it's in his hands, he's either shooting, passing, putting it on the floor. Uh, so, yeah, he's obviously the, the leader on that team. And, yeah, I, I just thought the cohesiveness this past weekend was phenomenal. One other kid I wanted him, I had him on – I actually had him before. I was like, oh, man, Jesse McCall is no, no way I can't go with him. Uh, Ren Sheets of Convoy Crestview had 31 points. Uh, I think he followed that up on Saturday night with 15. This is a big Convoy Crestview team. Uh, they got a lot of size uh, at that D4 level, and, um, you know, they're, they're going to be forced to be reckoned with up in that area and, and could be in contention to get back to Dayton again. Uh, I, in Division I, thought he, I thought he showed a ton of promise last year. Uh, in he had the a great. State he had a great state tournament last year. I want to say the, the state semi game. He was he was phenomenal. Yeah. Uh, you know, legit six seven. He's got a really good frame, and I thought he was good for them down the stretch. I'm kind of curious to to see how you know he's developed over the last you know six to eight months or so. All right, just some uh, some what what we're going to watch this week, some notable events. Uh, you have that Columbus versus uh, Dayton uh, City League 
teams only here. This is at Columbus South. Uh, you got the uh, Holy Grounds Classic at Akron St. V. You got the United Way Classic at Poland. You have the battle in the 7-4-0 at Shawnee State. Shout out to Roth. Rich Kid Memorial Classic, um, and that will be at Centerville. Regular season game, jumping off the, the, the uh, chart this week, would be Reynoldsburg. Uh, this game is on December 5th. Reynoldsburg at Akron St. Vincent St. Mary's. Gentlemen, um, thoughts on these events coming up this weekend? I, I love the idea of, you know, the Columbus versus Dayton City League uh, that Coach Spears put together uh, over at Columbus South. Uh, I think a lot of the times, uh, especially over the last few years, there's so many of these, um, you know, showcase type events. Uh, one thing I do on my website is I list all of the events where you can see more than two games along with their schedules. And it seems like every year that list grows and grows and grows in terms of the amount of schools that want to host these type of events. Uh, I think it's pretty cool that we get something for a little bit of everybody. You got some Central Ohio stuff. You got a few Northeast Ohio events. Uh, you got the Rich Kid Classic on Sunday. Uh, a few games that I'm looking forward to that are sprinkled throughout these. Um, obviously, the the Moeller St. V game uh, on the ninth. Um, that's a game that I, I typically see almost every year, uh, especially when it's at Akron St. V. Uh, two, obviously, the most well-coached teams in the state, probably both guys in the top five. I think it'd be hard to, to argue against that. Um, Luther and West against Frederick Douglass out of Georgia. Uh, I was able to kind of look at look on Max Preps today and just kind of preview their roster. And they don't have a guy in the starting lineup under 6'3". Uh, so they're, they're a team out of the Atlanta area who I think is going to probably be a pretty good test for Luther and West. Uh, Luther and East plays Holy Name. Uh, so that's a really good D2, D3 matchup. Uh, Holy Name Jr. Max Ballin had a, a pretty big game over the weekend. I believe they played Painesville Riverside. He finished with 20-plus points. Uh, the United Way Classic is just three games, uh, three boys games over at Poland Seminary. Uh, you have Gerard against Hickory out of PA, Canfield against Youngstown Ursuline, and Poland Seminary against Youngstown Boardman. Uh, Youngstown Ursuline is a team, obviously, when we think of Northeast Ohio, we think of Cleveland and Akron. Uh, I think that Youngstown-Warren area oftentimes gets lost in the sauce. Uh, but Ursuline has three really good freshmen uh, who are all who all play significant minutes. Uh, they have a junior guard, Deshaun Will, who played a lot last year as a sophomore. Uh, then you got the big fella in the middle. I think with, with Ursuline and those guards, man, Jalen Gunther, I saw had a monster game to start the year. I know that was a kid that Stubbs saw over the summer at a showcase and was really high on him. Uh, Ursuline is a team that definitely to watch in Division II, uh, not only this year, but, you know, in the coming years. Uh, the battle in the 7-4-0, I believe that's where you're going to be at, Ralph. Yeah, I'll definitely be there on Saturday. Not sure if I'll be making the trip for a second straight day on Sunday. Yeah, and it's a, I think as far as Southeast Ohio, and there's even some Central Ohio teams in there with Bishop Hartley, New Albany, Owen Tangy Liberty, uh, I think is, and Harvest Prep plays the, that following day as well. I think that's a, if you, if you want to see Southeast Ohio basketball, I think that's your, your best bet. I mean, you get almost all the big names down there. I, you know, when I'm looking at it, I, I see a lot of familiar teams outside of maybe a Berlin Highland who's not in the event. 
I'm trying to think what else. You got the Rich Kid Memorial Classic on Sunday. Uh, two games that I'm looking forward to. Shamanah uh, Julian against Pick Central. Uh, and then also you have Kettering Alter against Dayton Dunbar. I'm really curious to see how this Alter team looks, especially after picking up a big win against Hillier Bradley. Uh, so I will be in attendance there on Sunday, and I'll be spending Saturday at Akron St. B for the Holy Grounds Classic. Roth, did you want to talk a little bit more about the uh, the games there at the uh, in the seven four zero? Yeah, so uh, they were both of my games of the week were involved in there. Uh, you start off the event Bishop Hartley against North Adams. North Adams lost a heartbreaker to Fairland, who is another team at this event in overtime, sixty eight sixty six to open their season. Bishop Hartley's a team. I saw at the scrimmage, obviously led by the Callaway brothers. So they're going to be a tough challenge for a North Adams squad that won a district title last year. Uh, Owen Stangy Liberty makes the trip down to the border, and they're going to play a Huntington squad that comes across the Ohio River, and they are very, very talented, can score a lot of points in West Virginia. So that should be a pretty exciting game. Uh, then my game of the week, Minford versus New Albany. Minford led by the 2025 duo of Miles Montgomery and Bennett Kayser. They're going to take on that just has a lot of pieces. They were impressive in a season opening win. Uh, kind of curious to see how New Albany 2026 wing Marco uh, Matucci, I think is how you pronounce his last name. Uh, he's a kid. I'm pretty excited to see. And then to wrap up the night on Saturday, you have South Point going up against Ashland, Kentucky. South Point led by Caleb Lovely. They're another team that won a district title last year. They take on an Ashland team that is led by Liberty commit Xander Carter. So should be a pretty competitive game there. Uh, and then on Sunday, you got a couple solid games. Belpre takes on South Webster. South Webster led by Eli Roberts. Lucasville Valley takes on Federal Hawking. That'll be a good game with Jace Copley for Lucasville Valley going up against the Fedhawk squad that won a district title last year. Tara Cottrell is a name to watch for Fedhawk. Then you got Wheelersburg versus Harvest Prep. Harvest Prep always won the top Division three teams. I'm not really sure who Wheelersburg has on the basketball court, but they always do such a good job having their top football players also compete on the hardwood. So their teams are just always going to be tough. They're going to be gritty, just a, a solid program in Southeast Ohio. And then the last game of the night, my second game of the week, Unioto against Proctorville Fairland. Both these teams are one and zero. Unioto beat Miami Trace fifty-five to forty-one, and like I mentioned earlier, Fairland took down North Adams in overtime in their season opening game. So two of the top programs in Southeast Ohio will end the night at Shawnee State. So definitely excited for Saturday at Shawnee State, um, and currently plan uh, to be back on Sunday as well. So it should be a pretty fun event. And so to close out this chapter of the show, 
the game of the week that, which is my game of the week, I'm not sure how it was at your game of the week, St. Clairsville and Martin's Ferry opening, opening up on Tuesday night. How is that not your game of the week? I mean, it, that's, a, that's a no-brainer. can't believe you guys did not mention that. That's my game of the week. That's what I'm going to have my eyes locked onto. Um, but, I mean, the games you guys mentioned were good. Um, but, like I said, I was a little surprised that you didn't mention that one. So. Fun fact, those are both two cities that I've actually lived in uh, for a period of time. I lived in both Martins Ferry and St. Clair's. <laughs> probably, so. probably shouldn't. Probably shouldn't mention that to too many people. It was a quick. It was a quick stint. It yeah. was. It was from a, from about April to about June. So. Yeah, it's, that's long enough to get the feeling. Exactly. Uh, before we jump into buy and sell, and you guys don't know what this is yet, but I'm pretty sure you'll be able to tackle it. Um, the clip that I I cut from last week's show the one about the tj talking about the six or seven divisions that that tweet has fifty-seven thousand views on it and my my major takeaway from that is is just um it's almost like you you put that something like that out there and then just let the entertainment roll um and just watch people like the one thing that always stands out to me is like people like get so infuriated by things and they want all this change and they want this to happen and that to happen. And then somebody tries to do something to make a change and then they just blast that. It's like, okay, do you, do you want something like you're like you said last week, TJ, you're never going to please everyone. And I just, it's just, it's funny to me when an organization or, or people in leadership tr try something new, try, they, they listen to the people, they want to make a change, and then they, they do something or throw something out there to see what the feedback is going to be, then people just blast it. Like someone just blasted your yeah, lights up. Did. Uh, I got, they got the stubs. Right. When, when that tweet started to kind of pick up, uh, pick up steam on social media, I began to get a lot of texts and calls from coaches from all, all across the state. Uh, one of the, the common complaints and themes that, that I was able to pick up from those conversations were, uh, was the fact that a lot of coaches here in Ohio believe that the OHSAA makes these type of decisions without input from the coaches or from the, you know, the guys that are actually, you know, boots on the ground. So that, that seemed to be a pretty big issue that, that they think they, a lot of coaches had no idea that this was one, a possibility or two, that it was kind of virtually a done deal already. Uh, so I, I, I would like to, to just see a lot of us get on the same page, uh, get a lot more feedback from coaches, from media, uh, just on a variety of topics. I think you have a, a board of guys who are trying to do their best and, you know, no knock on them whatsoever, but. I think sometimes just kind of, you know, trying to do things on your own, you know, can kind of, you know, leave a pretty bad impression with the people that are actually have to live with those choices on a day-to-day -day basis. My biggest yeah, thing is it doesn't have to be us versus them or you versus me. 
it, it, sh it should be everybody, media types, uh, coaches, like OHSA, everybody should be working together for the betterment of this sport or whatever sport it is that you're, you're like, it doesn't have to, like, they don't have to be the enemy. You don't have to be the enemy. It should be everybody working together to, to continue to grow a sport that's, that's in, in flux right now. Like there's a lot going on and, and every, like, as you said, TJ, everybody needs to get on the same page to get this thing um, going in the right direction. Yeah, and regardless of um, your opinions on going to six or seven divisions, whether you agree or disagree with it, I'm personally not in favor. Uh, it's still nowhere close as egregious as what the college football playoff selection committee did to Florida State. So the good thing about Ohio high school basketball, you'll never see a 22-0 team not allowed to play in the playoffs. So we're better than that. So if we were doing buy and sell right now, Roth is selling the college football playoff committee. Um, here's, here's what I, this is just kind of going to be like general. Uh, we don't have a ton of stuff yet. So I, I want to ask you guys, is there anything, is there any stock right now that you would buy that you don't currently, that you didn't currently have after this first weekend? And any stock that you would sell after this current first weekend? I, I think in a, in a year where uh, I think I mentioned this last week, where there's not many great teams, uh, particularly in Division One, uh, I think it's pretty wide open uh, in virtually every region. I, I think you're going to see a lot of familiar faces win a lot of games when there's this much kind of you know variety or parity um i it's kind of hard to go against teams like gahanna and, and newark and st ed's teams that just have elite coaching great culture those teams are going to win a lot more games than, than people would think on paper uh, in, in a year where it's just completely up for grabs love it I am going to buy Preble Shawnee stock. Not only did Preble Shawnee get a marquee victory, but also their biggest competition to make it to Dayton uh, won't have uh, one of their best players. Wes Enos, not with Miami East this season. So I think Preble Shawnee is a stock that you need to buy now because if you don't have it very soon, I think it's going to be clear that Preble Shawnee might be easily a top three to four team in Division Three and have a really nice path to make it to Dayton. I like that as well. They got, uh, I think they got 15 points uh, the other night out of their freshman guard. Uh, is it Knox Mills? I think his name is. So that yep. that's that's even more production uh, from what they already had returning. They got the big fella, Logan, is it Holly? Holly, yep. Yeah, so, yeah, definitely, definitely big news. I know Roth, like, glanced over it pretty quick, but, you know, Enos not playing with Miami East this year is is a game changer um, in Division Three. 
not only down that way, but in the state in general. I mean, that was one of the top five teams in Ohio uh, returning. Uh, and they're still going to be a really solid team. Um, they, they played Dayton CJ pretty tough down at, at Mason. Um, but you, you lose a player uh, of Enos's caliber, and that's that's going <laughs> to, at Division three level, that's going to be a huge hit. And Team that I am, um, I'm not selling anybody at this point. Um, I think in a year like this, it would be crazy to sell any stock right now. Um, I, I think as the year goes on, we'll revisit this question and we might get rid of some of that stock, uh, some bad purchases. But right now, a team that I am going to buy some stock in, I'm not going, I'm not, I'm not doing anything crazy, but I'm going to buy a little bit of stock in Pandora Gilboa in Division Four. This is a team that slipped past me. 18-5 and five a year ago, lost to Delphi St. John's in a close game, sectional final. Uh, they have their top three scorers back. Aiden Harris, Colin Harris um, is, is a really good uh, one-two combo for them. Keep an eye on Pandora Gilboa up in that Blanchard Valley Conference this year. Going to dab one a little stock. Uh, I believe they are the Rockets. Um, so I'm going to dab one a little stock from now. So... That's what we're buying this week. Uh, we'll see if we want to sell anything next week. Uh, we're going to finish. I had to look up where that school was. I was curious when you were talking about them. Yeah, we're, we're going to finish the show here with a couple things. Uh, we're going to do our alumni spotlight. Uh, each of us uh, have a few few things uh, in this section. And then really quickly, we're going to give our state uh, championship picks. Uh, we started this last week. I don't want to get into what happened at the end. Um, but let's just say I, I turned the ball over with five seconds to go. We were down one and I dribbled it off my foot and the show ended. So alumni spotlight, Roth, uh, I will give you center stage here. This is your baby. Uh, go ahead and get us started. Awesome. Yeah. Really excited about this segment. Just to, like I said, in the opening episode, show some love to some kids that we watched grow as high schoolers and are now doing their thing at the college level. So my division one player of the week is Matt Alaco from Hilliard Bradley. He's at Princeton and Princeton is unbeaten at eight and O Alaco had a game winning three pointer to beat Furman. He's scoring 17.5 points per game, shooting 50% from three point range. And my small college alumni spotlight player of the week is Javon Mothmer from Chillicothe. He plays at Cedarville. I actually attended the Cedarville versus Ohio Dominican game where Cedarville kind of rolled, and then Mothmer scored 26 points on 11 for 15 shooting in a road win over Thomas Moore. So Cedarville is 2-0 and in GMAC play. It was great to go out to a game at Cedarville on Tuesday night and just experience the atmosphere that they had actually maybe it was Thursday night I'm getting my dates confused um but good good games for Cedarville this week and a team to watch in the GMAC which is a league that uh, we're going to be hearing about uh, from one of you in the small college player of the week as well yeah I'm actually going to show some love to to Roth's uh OU Bobcats here 
this was a kid that coincidentally I tweeted about a week ago uh, after he had another big game. Uh, was a Brush alumni, Elmore James. Uh, he actually won uh, Co-Player co of the Week uh, this week in the MAC. Uh, he had two big wins over Delaware and Brown. He, he scored a combined 39 points, grabbed 13 rebounds in those two wins. Uh, and my thing with Elmore, we, we speak a lot about, uh, you know, what kids do on the floor. Uh, I just want to show some love to this kid and his character. Uh, my, my first impression of Elmore, he was a freshman. He came to an open gym that I was doing at Warrensville Heights. Uh, and usually when you get done with events, you know, people come up to you, talk to you, you know, coaches, you know, just kind of spitball back and forth, you know. And I see this kid just kind of standing over on the side. I um, mean, he waited probably about five or six minutes or, or so for me to finish up these conversations. And he walked up, man. He, he looked me dead in the eyes. He shook my hand and he thanked me for inviting him to the event. Uh, and, and at that age, I mean, the kid was just a freshman at that time. That's so rare uh, in today's climate and it's so refreshing. And, and he was a kid that I, I'm not shocked at all by his success, uh, especially with the staff that he's under with Coach Bowles and company. Uh, so definitely wanted to give a huge shout out to Elmore James, uh, who's made a really big jump uh, as a sophomore for the Bobcats. Uh, this was a game, it does, I guess it kind of doesn't really count, um, is this week. Uh, but last week, I was able to go see uh, John Carroll at Baldwin-Wallace. Uh, John Carroll's currently ranked. I'm not sure if the new poll is out yet, but last week they were number three in the country. Uh, absolutely loaded Division three roster. Uh, and I think a guy who is, is arguably one of the top Division three players in the country just from a pure talent standpoint uh, is Luke Frazier, uh, who's been a bit of a journeyman, started his career at Dayton, uh, transferred and walked on at OU and is now finishing up his career at John Carroll. Uh, but in a win over a really young but competitive Bowen Wallace team, uh, Luke almost had a triple-double, finished with 26 points, 11 rebounds, and six assists. I think just his combination of length, skill, and athleticism at that level is a huge game-changer. Uh, you know, when he's rolling and then you got the bigs on the inside with Will Yontek, Henry Rayner, Luca Eller, and then Luke Chacon running the show. Uh, John Carroll is a lot of fun to watch. Uh, definitely a team that I'm going to try and see multiple times throughout the year. Uh, so Elmore James, Luke Frazier, those would be my two picks uh, for the alumni spotlight this week. Yeah, Roth, <clears throat> the more I thought about this, I, I, I love this segment um, that you came up with. And I'm going to go with a player and a team. Um, so for me, Kobe Mitchell, uh, a kid that spent his first year at Akron, um, didn't play a whole lot, uh, but bumped down to Walsh University, and he is um, he is off to a really good start up there, averaging about 18 a game, six rebounds, shooting 81% from the line, 45% from three. Uh, they're four and one, only losses to unbeaten Ashland. So Kobe is a guy that that bumped down probably bumped to the level um, where he could probably have the most success. Um, I think if he stays at Akron, you know, he's probably a guy that gets in the mix um, at some point and is a contributor. But I think he has the ability to be a first-team all-conference guy. Um, and, and really, probably, if, if he stays at that level, could be a national D2 name uh, before it's all said and done the way he can – I mean, he can score the ball. Uh, there's no yeah. no doubt about and, it. 
And I think he's a perfect complement to uh, Garrison Keesler, who yep. without a doubt, one of the top players in the GMAC. Um, but I think this, the, the way those two guys are able to play off each other with Kobe's ability to spot up and catch and shoot and, you know, Garrison's ability to just really see the floor in the elite level and make plays. I think that was a huge pickup for Walsh. And like I said, a team that's been playing really well so far to start. Yeah, I mean, if you know Kobe, it's probably more of his personality, uh, just a quiet kid. Uh, that D2 level is probably just a better fit for him in general. Um, and then the team I, that they lost to, Ashland, is the team I wanted to mention. They're off to a 6-0 and start. Coach Ellenwood um, has been coach of the week two, two weeks already. They're 6-0. and um, Simon Wheeler, sophomore guard out of the Detroit area, uh, is, is playing extremely well. Uh, then you, you look at some Ohio guys like Brandon Haraway, Maceo Williams, Travell Adams. Uh, so this is a, a roster stocked full of Ohio high school kids, um, along with Wheeler from the, from the Detroit area. I think he played some, uh, some high school ball out in the Phoenix area as well. So keep an eye on Ashland. Um, they're playing really good basketball right now, really talented team. And Vic, Victor Searles is another yeah. Ohio fan. So he obviously when he was a senior, you know, received a, you know, a lot of interest, you know, at a variety of levels, whether it was D3, NAI, some D2s that came around. And he's a kid who's just been a testament of work. I mean, really transformed his body. I think if you guys were to see him athletically right now, it's a huge difference, uh, you know, from the kid that we saw at St. Charles. Yeah. So, you know, him combined with Maceo Williams and Stefan Stanich and all the guards that you just mentioned, uh, this is a very deep and talented Ashland team. So I, I can't wait to to kind of follow this throughout the week now. It just it gives me gives me more incentive to to keep up with those guys at the NAI D three, D two level. I mean we we I mean most of us you know, have a pretty good ear on the D1 stuff, just from the people we talk to, the things we see. Um, but let's let's finish this show with our picks. Um, D1, D2, D3, D4. We're just going to pick winners. And uh, as I mentioned last week, uh, we definitely have the ability to change these at any time um, because we're when the dust settles, we are going to be right. Um, that's That's going to be it. Uh, on that final Sunday of the season, we are all three going to be four for four on these picks, and it doesn't matter how we do it. It doesn't matter how we do it. But this is how we're going to start. We're going to start. Um, each of us are going to give our D4 picks, and I am going to be surprised if any of us say anything different. Yeah, I think the, despite the the 0-2 start by Richmond Heights, I mean, I think they absolutely roll uh, in Division IV. Uh, I don't think there's much to, to talk about there. So, yeah, I'm going with Richmond Heights to win yet again. Will this be the third consecutive year yeah. for them? Yeah, and fourth fourth consecutive year because they in uh, in 21 uh, they – they lost uh, in the semis to Botkins, who ended up winning. That's, that was a game they could have won as well. Um, but, yeah, and actually, I take that back. They were there 2020. We didn't have a tournament. But 2019, uh, they were up on Convoy Crestview in a semifinal game that year as well. 
uh, before Crestview ended up winning that game and then winning the state championship. So we're looking at, what, five years in a row now that they could be at the state tournament um, under Coach Q. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I, I think we're all on the same page there. Newport and Reynoldsburg will not be in the D4 semifinals, so um, that's <laughs> that's not going to be the case. All right, D3 is, I think, where um, we're, we're really, like, torn here. So, Roth, I think you have a solid pick, so go ahead and give it to us. I, I rode with Lutheran East in the preseason uh, episode. No reason to change now. I won't be changing. I feel good about my picks right now. I, I think most of my teams have played one or two games. We're full steam ahead. TJ, what, what's it going to be, man? Man, so I am absolutely torn between Otto Glendorf and Lutheran East. Uh, I, I just think the performances that Lutheran East put on this weekend is, makes it very, very difficult to go against them. But I got to stick to my guns, man. Uh, I'm not going to turn my back on Coach McLaughlin and my guy Colin White over there at OG. So I think this is the year that Otto Glendorf gets it done. Fingers crossed. All right, Anthony Jones, go ahead and turn off the show because you're going to hate this. Um, I am going to pick Lutheran East. Uh, I just think with – they listen, I was dumb and didn't pick them last year. Um, I just think McCullough's size, and if that guard play continues to stay at the level it is, and you know the freshman is going to have some ups and downs, but – I mean, he's going to have a lot of experience under his belt against some really good teams by the time they get to the tournament. I just think, I just think, McCullough, just there's, there's no answer for him um, if he can stay out of foul trouble if if they end up playing an OG like, um, you know, the big kid that they had last year, Theo Mag. I mean, he was at least able to provide some resistance with his length and some of his size but I just I just think that 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 size of Lutheran East with McCullough is going to be the difference and I'm going to take Lutheran East in D3. D2 is another one where I was kind of stuck between two teams. Um, yeah I know who I, you were leaning I, I know who you were torn there. Yeah so uh, Lutheran West and Kettering Alter were my my top two picks um, but I'm going to go with Luther and West in this one. Uh, that is not my Northeast Ohio bias talking. Um, I, I just think they get it done. I think they have too many pieces. Uh, I think when it comes down to the tournament, guard play wins your games. Uh, and with Jason Levis and Derek Fairley, uh, you know, they, they checked that box. And it wasn't either one of their best games uh, last night against Brush. They still managed to win. Uh, but I thought Derek Fairley was sensational. Uh, on the defensive end, an absolute ball hawk uh, guy who just competes and he's long. He gets so many deflections and strips and he's going to sit down and he's going to guard. And I think you combine that with a lot of the other pieces they have. You know, they got size, they got guys that can make shots, they got guys that can make plays, they can defend. Um, I'm going to give Luther and West the slight edge over Kettering Alter as my Division two pick. Yeah, I'm going to stick with Luther and West. TJ said Northeast Ohio bias. You don't need bias when you win. Northeast Ohio swept last year. We're sweeping it again. Lutheran West, all the way. Uh, I feel sick saying that as a Fairview alum. 
All right, Roth, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna challenge you a bit here because you, you're talking about the, the the northeast Ohio biased. And I agree with you that there yeah, there is northeast Ohio biased, and rightfully so. They won all four state championships last year. And heck, they just cashed in on five out of the seven state football championships. So the the sports world is ruled by Northeast Ohio right now in the Buckeye State. So Listen, Zach Fleer right now, when he listens to this, he's going to be throwing, he's, he's going to slam his monitor, um, but it is what it is, and, you know, I said I was going to challenge you, Roth, because I feel like you're a guy that believes that there's SEC bias in football, and there is, because they run the show, <laughs> and that's why. The Alabama Crimson Tide are in that championship, or in that Final Four. I digress. I'm going to pick Trotwood Madison to win D2. I'm coming out of nowhere. Uh, let's just spice this show up. Pete Poulin, let's go. Let's let's get this done. Rams. They they will have a exceptional crowd if they make it to the Final Four. Yeah, I'm 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 all in. Let's go, Pete Poulin. Trotwood might be cheering from press row. Trotwood Madison. Um, if you guys remember, um, and I don't know if you guys remember this, you may not have been like in that area last year, <laughs> last year I got called, uh, I got called on the carpet because on one of those replays, um, in the, uh, in the, uh, I think it was the Lutheran West game. Um, they were showing the replay on TV. And I see the replay in front of me because the monitor's right in front of me. So I see that it, it like what clearly happened. So I'm looking at these guys in the crowd and I'm like, no, it's no good. And they see me on TV doing that. And and Tim comes down and it's like, hey, hey, man, you can't be you can't be doing that on press row. And so I, you know, I'm waving it off from press row because I can see the monitor, but apparently that's that's against uh media uh you know, they, they kind of frown upon that, I guess. But I was just, you know, I was hyped up. Um, all right, Division One. what do we got? My my pick last week before we got cut off was San Ignatius, and I'm sticking to it. Uh, I, I, think like Coach it. Joyce, I think Coach Joyce figures it out. Uh, they've been down there, I believe, what? This would, this would be four consecutive years, right? If I'm not mistaken. Well, I guess we wouldn't well, we have there last year. Yeah, they weren't there last year. Okay, yeah, that is right. Uh, yeah, lost to Garfield Heights, and then uh, Toledo St. John came out. Um, but I do think they get it done. I think it's a great story. You know, a team that, you know, lost a, a few key pieces, you know, due to transfer. You got Ace Buckner going to La Lumiere, uh, Carter Jackson at Garfield Heights, uh, C.J. Little, who went to Garfield Heights a year prior. Uh, this team is still loaded uh, with college-level talent. Uh, I think they get it done. Uh, I think junior guard Quinn Wokey is a kid who a lot of people in Northeast Ohio aren't familiar with. Uh, just you know, due to injury, missing virtually the entire season last year as a sophomore. But if you keep up with grassroots basketball at all, you know just how impressive and how fearless this kid is. I think he's going to put on a show uh, in the Cleveland area. And then you got Damon Friary, who's one of the best juniors in, in Ohio. Uh, senior guard Jack's opponent, who's one of my sleeper kids in the area. Um, you have Matt Ellis, Sam Springer, 
Reese Robinson. I mean, the list goes on and on of guys that can just make plays and pick up the slack when needed. Uh, I'm going to go with Coach Cam Joyce and the St. Ignatius Wildcats. Yeah, I'm sticking with the Wildcats. Uh, I saw Coach Hassinger of Medina at the Cleveland Basketball Classic uh, as they took a tough loss to St. Ignatius in their season opening game. Uh, and I think uh, that that just shows the talent that Ignatius has, uh, that they were able to roll. Uh, and Coach Hassinger is still in a good mood at Medina. I think they're going to have a good season. But the fact that Ignatius was so dominant against a pretty formidable opponent in their season opening game, that shows that they're going to be a tough out this year. So sticking with my Northeast Ohio ties, baby. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I love, I love the, the St. Ignatius picks. Um, sometimes you get addition by subtraction. And I don't mean that the guys that left there were a problem or anything like that. It just, th- those might've been better situations that those guys went, that those guys left to go to. Uh, I don't know that um, they would have to evaluate their self, but um, you know, this, this, this might be a, a team that, that can get coach Joyce over the top and, and get him um, that state championship that his father has done so many times. Um, I think Centerville is another team that, um, I mean, is this, is this one where, I mean, being as this wide open, like feel like coaching, is going to be a, a big deal. And TJ, you mentioned it earlier, culture. Does anybody have a better culture than, than Centerville? Um, I mean, Brooke Cups is just, uh, I mean, he's a wizard. Uh, so I feel like they're a team that that is is going to be right there when the dust settles. Um, so I, I could see Centerville. I could see Cleveland St. Ignatius. Those are definitely two teams um, that I could see standing on that last game on Sunday, uh, I'm going to go like complete being that, that this is a crazy year. I'm going to go completely out and left, left, left field here. And you guys are probably going to fry me for this. We talked about coaching and I think this guy's a great coach. I think he's a great motivator. Um, I think he's got a lot of experience back, a lot of versatile guys. I'm going to go with the Menor Cardinals. Bob Krasancic out of nowhere, out of nowhere. To, to yeah, I think there are, there are probably six to eight teams in Northeast Ohio Division One that I think can realistically make the, the Final Four. Uh, I think Menor would have to be one of them. I think Brunswick, which we talked about earlier, is a big sleeper. Garfield Heights is, without a doubt, one of the most talented teams in the state on paper. Uh, Coach Sonny Johnson's got a plethora of guys over there, including some including a freshman class that he told me last night might be his best freshman class since he's been there. Um, I'm sure he said that more than once. Um, but <laughs> Anybody that listens. I, I think they're a team that can make it. Uh, Manor absolutely has to be in the conversation along with, you know, St. Ignatius, which we obviously picked earlier. So, yeah, I, I don't think it's too crazy. I mean, God, back in, what was it, 2021, I don't think anyone would have picked Westerville Central. Right. You know, that was another crazy year. And I think we're in for, you know, something very similar. I think the tournament this year might be as crazy as, it, as it's been in the last few seasons. Well, gentlemen, it's it's been fun. Uh, we'll do it again. God willing, same time next week. Uh, 
follow Mike over there at Prep Hoops Ohio. They're doing amazing, amazing work over there. TJ at NEO Spotlight, um, both two of the best in the business. You can follow me at Ohio HS Hoops. Uh, until next week, uh, we're out. See you.